I'm just like about to be this girl who's like drama and there's police outside and the boyfriend and puts his hand over my neck and he's like choking me and he's pushing down extremely hard. And I remember looking at him and kind of thinking like, he's gonna let go. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the number one Chilean podcast in the world. Yes, that is facts, guys. That is facts. After four, this is going to be the number 43, 40, yeah, that's correct, 43 episode of Spillature. <laughs> the year is almost over. I cannot believe I've actually gone this far. Honestly, I did not think I was going to make it past episode seven. That was literally one of the lowest <laughs> points uh of, of the podcast I'll, I'll be completely honest it was i just wasn't sure if i wanted to continue this because i just didn't see that many views i didn't see that many that many streams on it and i just thought man maybe this is not it but i just kept remembering you know you gotta trust the process and honestly just hearing all the messages that you guys have been like sending and saying how this episode or that person inspired to do something and change is just crazy unreal and i just want to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart seriously i cannot explain the amount of joy that i have in me uh but the year's almost over and we're about to finish strong hopefully uh hopefully <laughs> but uh i'm gonna choose my guest right now so we can get this uh conversation going and then uh have her uh talk about a couple topics okay today's guest is a former Moorhead State University cheerleader and a two-time Shelton State champion. I have Ashley Aguilina. How's it going, Ashley? Hey. Hey, it's going good. How are y'all? Doing all right. Doing fantastic, actually. I'm actually kidding. I'm actually a little tired. And I'm going to tell you why I'm tired, but it's a good type of tired, if that makes sense. Okay. Uh, work works are going pretty decent. Uh, boxing. Mm -hmm. I I talked about that in my last podcast. Boxing has been freaking phenomenal. I think um, I'm I'm pretty serious about that sport. I've been learning more about it, and quite honestly, mm -hmm. maybe next year I can see myself fighting fighting in actual boxing, like actual boxing. Who knows? Uh, cheerleader turning Ooh, to a boxer? Sick. Question mark. I'm not really sure, but we'll see what happened. Ashley, <laughs> uh, Ashley, thank you for asking. Uh, I'm glad to have you on the podcast. You're such an amazing person and great friend. No, thank you. I'm so excited to do this. I'm nervous as crap, but I'm excited as well. <laughs> How you been lately? I've been so good. Life is really good um, post-cheerleading. You know, it's a little weird not being so in it, not being in Kentucky, but I've been good. Career's good. Boyfriend's good. Friends all decided to move to Arizona with me. <laughs> so, um, yeah, life is, is really there, in right? the Shannon? best place right now. Dustin, Shannon, we got little Mateo Potato. I love him. Um, <laughs> my best friend, Gina Sawyer. I Literally, like, all the people I went to college with, I'm basically living with, or they're, you know, 15 minutes down the road. So it's kind of like I'm in college, but better. <laughs> yeah. That's such a great feeling. It's a great feeling having yeah. the friends around you and not just the friends that you've been to college and went to college with, but like 
you know, it's just the chilling in general, like having that family and then going to the same state. Right. That is, it, can, it can't get any better than that. I honestly can't get any better. Yeah. We really have like followed each other from California, you know, to multiple states now. So it's pretty cool. I love them. They're definitely family, like before, you know, before friends. We've have we have a lot to talk about uh with with, with your story and yeah. some and some topics that that uh we really want to get down to and just and just get in the nitty gritty, you know, because I feel like a lot of people need to yeah. hear this and get some of the best advice. So guys, I promise you you're you're gonna hear one of the best pod podcasts out there. Uh, you're sitting, you're chilling, whatever it's daytime, nighttime, they're noonish, wherever you're in Arizona, in Germany, what's good? 24, no, I think it's 46, I think it's 46 countries. I think I checked, uh, Spotify sending me, um, sending me data, the analytics of the whole entire year. So we're going to, uh, soon F around mid December, they're going to send me everything and be like, I'm going to check the, I think. I think we're roughly around 70 plus thousand streams, 70,000 plus wow. streams. I think, I think we're roughly around that around there. Yeah. I need a double check, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's I going pretty that. well. Uh, actually you have, you have actually been one of the, you've been listening to this podcast. You've actually been following it for quite a while. What do you think so far? Honestly, I, I love it. And, um, I'm already into like YouTube and podcasts in general. I really love like, I don't know, getting to know people that I guess I don't really know, but you yeah. throw like my passion cheerleading into it. It's like even better because you see all of these great athletes and um, you, you hear their stories and you just wouldn't know that, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's a, a sad time in their life or a, a really great uh, moment for them. You just don't kind mm -hmm. of know that like we're all human beings. I think we all put a lot of pressure on ourselves, you know, going to Moorhead or going to the Kentuckys or whatever school you went to. I think, yeah. I think cheerleaders, once you get to that level, you put extreme amounts of just like pressure on yourself. And I, I think that it's so like relieving almost to hear like, oh, like they felt it too. You know, we were, yeah. we're only human at the end of the day. So um, that's my Some... favorite part about it. I just love hearing like who the person is. Mm -hmm. so, something that uh riley one of the one of the girls that i had on the podcast is something that she said that really stuck out and and a lot of people were talking about it and for me it, it makes sense is we ha we have this we're we're cheerleaders right and a lot of people think that we're just these perfect people and, and we often just we have to put a smile for the crowd and uh right and it's it's so hard to balance that you know, it's yeah. so hard to, to, because you don't, you have to go through all this. You have to do, uh, tailgates. You have to cheer the games. You have to, and don't get me wrong. Those are fun stuff too. But for yeah. some people, it's just, it's too much when you have to do multiple things, multiple events. Uh, and, uh, that's something that I actually will kind of want to go back to the podcast is for bid. I'll be honest with you guys. I mean, this, this podcast is about being quite, being honest and being uh, vulnerable Mm -hmm. I, I've been, I, I'll be honest. I've been thinking about just like taking a break from the podcast. I don't know if I'm like burning out or, or just hitting like a plateau in my, 
in my like I don't know I don't know I I just started I so I don't know why I'm being a but it's a lot of like I, I feel like it's a lot of pressure and you put a lot of work into it it's just here's the thing for me and I don't know if you're like this Ashley but or you, you guys listening for me I when I find fi- finding a guest it's a little harder that 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 is one of the hardest things to do is because I just don't know as many people and I don't know the story mm-hmm. itself. I don't know the background, right? I don't know if uh, Jimmy here has an incredible ba- story and I need to reach out to him because I don't know. And you know, it's it usually comes to French ref- like someone telling me, "Hey, this person has this, this story. You need to have it, or you need to have him." Uh, but yeah, it, that's that's one of them. Another one is once the time to edit the podcast because you guys you guys might think these podcasts are like yeah. you know perfect and like they don't there's nothing there's a lot of problems i have to edit some of the stuff so it doesn't look you know it doesn't <laughs> look just you know bad and what i mean bad is it's just there's not a lot of like pauses sometimes the computer glitches so it's so like the the con- like the connection takes forever and i have to cut out all the all the parts yeah. that are like no one's talking but uh i mean it takes a couple a couple hours i would say depending an hour episode takes maybe two hours um mm-hmm. but uh but yeah no and then just making the posts on instagram those are just to promote it they're not really like the main focus the podcast is really the main part and i don't know just by working out yeah. i've just been so focused on this that i forget what makes i don't even i love doing this guys i i really do i love having episodes and but when you forget your own happiness and you forget what what makes you happy it's kind of like dang all right the podcast is over now now what do i do right and so which is why boxing got i was i got into boxing because it's it's uh, obviously there's a lot of hype behind it but but i was like you know what it wouldn't be bad so i ended up going to a boxing class ended up liking it i told the coach hey i kind of want to start getting to the sport i want to learn how to freaking all right let's go let's go yeah no we all need things for ourselves that's so good that you're doing that but yeah guys i don't know enough enough of my rants okay all i'm saying is find something that you're passionate about that is something that we're going to be talking about actually at the very end uh throughout the podcast is it's chasing your dreams and and just doing what makes you happy because man life is short life is short okay you just have to find it during the whole pandemic you might be going a little crazy and i think that's (laughs) that's that that's all that's okay but just find yourself that makes you happy and at the end of the day if you're good you're good we're all good what can i say ashley right we got we got an episode we got a story to talk about about your uh about your about your experiences and guys i promise you this is this is probably going to be hands down some of the best some of the best lessons you're going to get uh because First of all, Ashley's an amazing person. <laughs> she has phenomenal advice and she already finished college. So she knows if you're, if you're going through a rough, rough time with either coaching or teams, relationships, that is something huge. So we're going to be talking about is relationships. Uh, yeah. For all my people that are single or not single or going through something like me, I'm single. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of awkward. Yeah. We'll stop there. <laughs> Ashley. <laughs> Let's talk about your story. Just, just how it all started with college. Uh, how'd you get yourself into Shelton State, or how did you start cheering? Actually, because I know someone special comes into the play. Uh, yeah. So, 
when I was little, I kind of, I guess I wanted to make my mother angry. Like I always wanted to rebel and um, she really wanted me to be a dancer, but I thought cheerleading would make her mad. If I'm being honest, I was a really little girl and um, I, I don't know. I saw my middle school team. I saw how good they were. They would get like second at NCA and I was like, I want to do that, but I had no business. Like Mm -hmm. I had no experience no business doing that. I was 12 years old and, um, I tried out, I didn't make it. And my seventh grade year and they were like, you need to get like a backflip. And I was like, Oh, (laughs) okay. I didn't even know tumbling equaled backflip at the time. Um, (laughs) so I went to the coach's all-star gym and they were like, let me introduce you to your tumbling coach. And there I go do 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 16 year old Dustin Velasquez. 16. Um, He was 16. he was, I was actually, I, I messed up my age. I was 11 when I met Dustin. Um, wow. and yeah. And, uh, but I didn't start cheer till I was 12, which is why I said that. But, um, yeah, I walk into the all-star gym and 16 year old Dustin's there and they're like, here's your tumbling coach. Um, and he was, a, he was a coach and he was a great one. And he got me my back handspring that day. I literally threw one by myself. And then within three weeks, like three classes, I was throwing standing tucks and landing them. Um, so he was incredible, but his spirit, and I think everyone who knows him knows this, like his spirit and his just energy and like love Mm -hmm. for life and for cheerleading is what like made me love him. Like I didn't even just come for tumbling. Like I just wanted to go hang out with coach Dustin. So, um, he made me really good. Right. Coaches. There's so rare to find people that are, that are, you don't just like them because they're coaching way other like just them teaching you a technique and teaching the skills, but just them as a person. Um, yeah. What do you think? He was genuinely like there for athletes. And I, wow. I've had coaches that are there to coach and they're there to like get things done. But he was genuinely there to just like make a difference in my life and any athlete he came across. So he was willing to pour, you know, everything he had into you as long as you were willing to give it back. And I totally was like, if, if he would have said double full, I did. I didn't know what I was doing, but I was like, you say spin, I'll spin. You say, <laughs> you say throw your toes over your head. Like I will, like I'll say a prayer and I'll chuck it. So, um, he just you really didn't have any mental blocks. Influence. Were you just like all out? Like, um, I went through phases when I first started. No, I didn't. Dustin said, do mm-hmm. it. I, I did it. Once I started, I ended up making that middle school team and then I started real and they, they were a really good team and I started getting kind of pushed and I didn't really understand how to handle pressure and throwing things in the middle of a routine. But I was very like naturally good for never doing it my whole life. Like who has a toe touch back, you know, after a few months and is, is now getting asked to do it in a two minute routine. Um, and I'm 12. So I'm like, I'm not mentally like I didn't do all stars my whole life, but now I'm all of a sudden on this good team and I do have the skills. So these coaches are forcing, not forcing, they're, they're asking me to do it. And all of a sudden I'm like, holy crap, how do you do it like this fast (laughs) with all these things before it and after it? And um, so that's when my mental block started. But when I wasn't in the cheer setting, if Justin said like, go up and fall X fall, like I will fall X fall. I don't care. I would throw it. I would not care. Um, I grew out of that though. After middle school, I really like never had mental blocks after that. If he said Chuck, I said, okay, like 
whatever he said, I did. And I think that's why I have such a love for Dustin because I really trusted in him, but he really invested in me like as a person and, and not just for my skills, but like in every aspect, he just invested in me. And so if he asked me to throw my full at the end of the tumble track, if I didn't want to, I'll do it. Like I would do it. I would cry, but I would do it because I I just wanted to be good for him. (laughs) I was a really dramatic teenage girl. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think that's what, uh, I mean, now that you're, you're as a coach, uh, well, yeah. Like you as a coach, you kind of like, you kind of have those same, um, same, how can I say, same character, right? Like, or, or, yeah, same values that Dustin kind of gave you. And I mean, Dustin wasn't, who else was, came into play that, uh, that really helped you a lot throughout your career? Um, so after Dustin, I, I cheered all-star, um, do you want me to get into like, just go straight to my Shelton days? Because there's a lot. I feel like I've done so much. <laughs> we would be talking for five hours. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. You're good. You're good. Uh, yeah. If you want to get into Shelton State, if you want to transition it from from Dustin's like experience to... To Krista. To, yeah. If you want to say how like how Dustin helped you and, and, and gave you these like skills to like propel you to your college like uh yeah. you know yeah if you want to say i don't know it's up to you don't worry don't worry, don't worry just yeah. just you you say you, you say whatever you want and then uh yeah no worries okay so high school yeah comes so around. dustin right yeah yeah so okay. with dustin um he got me he got me the skills i needed i made that middle school team i did really well there um, and then I went to a high school and they didn't really have a good program that I wanted to like go to. It was at a, actually at a different high school. So I stopped cheering for a year and Dustin uh, was like, Hey, I'm going to open up a gym. And I was like, I would cheer for you in a heartbeat. Like I'll go back. And I cheered all star for Dustin. And when I was like 15 is when I really had a vision. Like I, I really got a goal and that's when it started to kind of unfold for me. Like I think, that 15 year old girl was so inspired because that was when Dustin started getting exposure to college himself. Um, and he was cheering, I think at like Glendale and on a level six team. So they were doing, he was introduced to partner son and, um, he was like, can I throw you around? And I was just his like partner. I was the girl like at our little all-star gym in my small, tiny town that, um, I, I was his go-to and, I had no idea what I was doing. He would throw me in rewinds and I was like backflip. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I just stunted with him a ton and he, we were doing hand hands. Like we, we were just so passionate. We would look at videos. We really on the West coast, it's not like Alabama, like, Oh gosh, I just threw my hair in my face. (laughs) It's not like Alabama. It's, it's not like growing up where you have like Kentucky in front of your face. Like, uh-huh. We don't have that in California on the West coast. You don't get exposure to these things unless you kind of go searching for it or unless you meet like someone who exposes you to it. So, um, Dustin sort of, he met this coach Mandy and she came from, I believe Oklahoma and kind of showed him like, you know, her world at like cheer athletics and her background. And that sparked something in him. And he kind of passed that down to me and a group of us, um, at his all-star gym and we would watch hand in hands. We would watch rewinds. 
we would just watch them. And I remember just like climbing, we had like Tarzan up his body because we didn't know how to properly get to shoulder before we went to hand to hand. Um, like a Purdue. We learned everything jank. Like, yeah, we didn't even do Purdue ups. Like we were just like, I was climbing up onto his shoulders so that we didn't have to do the Purdue up. And um, <laughs> I wasn't even doing that correctly, but we learned everything just so janky, especially me. I would say Dustin really kind of got to better his technique because he had Mandy and other people. But um, mm. I was just like chucking and praying. And, um, but I didn't care that I was chucking and praying. I was so like, this is so fun. Like I want to do this. And I just knew that I wanted to do it for real. So Dustin actually brought up Shelton to me when I was like 16, somewhere in my teenage years. And I was graduating high school at 17. So I asked my dad if I could go to Shelton State and I had no idea at the time. I really didn't know who they were. I knew that my friend Nemo had gone from California and um, I, that's it. I was like, oh, they're like a really good team. Like I didn't even watch you were just video. I really you were just like, following research them your enough, friends, but right? I was like, yeah, yeah. Like Dustin was just like, you should go here. And Dustin, honestly, I didn't even follow friends because they all went to Navarro. Um, but yeah, he was like, you should go to Shelton. Like it's a good school. So I brought it up to my dad when I was like 17. Um, but my dad was like, no, like I was 17 at the time. He just kind of said no. And, um, that's too far. So I honestly like said, I'm not going to college. I was like, my brother didn't go like, he's fine. You know, my parents didn't go. They're fine. And I was just like, I'm not going to go like I'll just live in LA because that's kind of what my sister did. I, I didn't have like much guidance when it comes to like what I should do with my life. I feel like some parents are kind of like you're going to go to school and then you're going to do this. Like my parents were very like, you know, I, they just didn't really give me like a, you have to do anything. Yeah, um, they knew I, that they, I they, can relate to you. They said, uh, sorry, go ahead. I, I can I can totally relate with you with that with like parents. Because uh, my parents, they never went yeah. to college. Uh, so for them, it's like, well, if you want to go, go. But if you don't want to, you don't have to. I'm like, but like, I yeah. wanted to go. I, I really want to go. Like, I was going to be the first first person out of, from my family uh, to go to college. Obviously, uh, I was not there now. But who knows? I might go back. <laughs> who knows? Maybe not. But yeah, I, I, I can totally. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people can, can, can say like, some, some parents are super strict like you have to go you have to go and you have to right. major in this specific thing like i have a friend his parents are like like you have to major in communications oh no 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 uh accounting accounting you have to major in accounting because his dad was a ba he's a banker like he doesn't even bank in the bank and if uh -huh. he doesn't do that he will not pay for his college which is the most effed up thing possible if <laughs> Uh, like putting your putting your son into that like hey if you don't do this as a major don't worry i'm not gonna pay for college you gotta be found a way so i'm like kind of like ma'am dude that kind of sucks yeah no it, i totally like i i feel everyone out there that has parents who are either like here's your plan because i'm kind of like ooh, maybe that would have been nice but then like maybe not and then i also feel everyone that's like their parents just didn't have it like they didn't have an opinion on it it wasn't like they weren't mad if i did go it was just like eh, i didn't you know it, it wasn't a yeah. priority or a thought so yeah that really played into my decision at, at 16 i remember i took a class that 
um, she was like, you'll need this. Like my, I said, she, um, my counselor told me that I would need this course in order to go straight to a university. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to a university or college period. Like I'm not going to take it. And I, I look back and I'm like, oh gosh, like 16 year old Ashley, what were you thinking? Because even if I wasn't going to go to school, I, sh- I just should have done more. So I just didn't really have like yeah. guidance. I, yeah, my mom was like, she thought she was strict, but I was like, and I, I just like, um, I didn't take school seriously. I was just in love with cheerleading. So anyway, yeah, my dad said no. And I ended up moving to Hollywood. I didn't go to college. I, well, I, I, tr- I attempted to go to college. I went to like Santa Monica college for a class or something. And uh-huh. I just went to cheer there with Dustin and Shannon. Um, and another one of our friends, we call him big best. But um, that fell through pretty quickly, and I just stopped going to class. It was Santa Monica College. Like, it was on the beach. Of course, I'm like, class, beach, beach. So <laughs> I, I really – Yeah, if you can get the gist, I did not have direction, which is why Shelton State is so near and dear to my heart because it really gave me um, just, like – discipline and structure and drive and and everything that I was missing and I needed in my life and I didn't know it at the time so I I went two years um out of college living in Hollywood driving to Orange County to cheer uh for all-star teams um I was coaching out of high school it was so awful I love those kids that wasn't the awful part um the awful part was that they hired me way too young I was I was 18 when they hired me and I was 19 I was the head coach of a high school and um, they made me like conceal my, my age. And um, it was, it wasn't that I couldn't coach these girls. I had already staffed on jams. Um, I was staffing for UCA. Uh, I I staffed for jams because I wasn't old enough for UCA yet. So by 17, Mm -hmm. I graduated early, like I said. So I really had like a lot under my belt. I, I had coached, I was coaching at, um, Oh, see, I was like helping with classes and things like that. But I, it wasn't that I wasn't qualified. I mean, I don't think I was, but I, at least I was better than some coaches, you know, out there. So I, I was just too young was the number one thing, you know, and it was like, Yo, these the girls were only, yeah, some I mean, of them the didn't even know that they were just a year younger than me. Like, jeez. yeah. And it was just. Hard. I, I was a head coach there. I was coaching at an all-star gym in, uh, it was like Granada Hills area. And then I was also the receptionist in Orange County. So I was all over the place. And then I was also helping with uh, UCA and varsity, like in their office in Anaheim sometimes. So you name it in cheerleading, I was doing it, but I was broke as a joke in the middle of Hollywood, California, eating canned food from the 99 cent store. My parents were like, if you're not going to go to school and you're not going to get in their eyes, like a real job, we're not going to pay for anything. They basically like cut me off and it wasn't like they cut me off as like my parents. They still loved me. My parents just believe in tough Uh love. And they were kind of like, if you're not going to get a career, like my sister was very much in a career. Um, and so was my brother. So they were like, if you're not going to do something that's like career wise, because they just didn't see the value in cheerleading. Uh-huh. Um, they're like, then too bad. Like, make you? it work. If and you, you were still 19? I was 18 and 19 while I was in Hollywood. Yeah. That's, so, that's crazy seven, to me. That's, yeah. I, 
I moved there I'm, when I was 17. So <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's super. Early. That's yeah. So or like young at your age and like it was yeah. a career though, a career. It just, it, it, I don't know for some people, their career doesn't show up till they're 29 or 28 or even yeah. 35, depending on who you are, depending on situation and stuff. Uh, I right. mean, my career, I still don't even have a solid career. I mean, I'm working, but I still don't have my solid side. I'm, I'm kind of scared about it, but like at the same time, me too. I just, I just know like, well, just at some point, at some point it's going to, it's going to, it's going to pay out. It's going to pro, pro boxer yeah. right here. And no, I'm kidding. Maybe not, but, uh, but just something in general. And by the way, as a coach at, uh, 18 and 19, I mean, you're your head coach, right? The workload is insane. Yeah. You have so many stuff. Oh, right? no one knows. It's so it was so much. I mean, I had I had a lot of girls. Um, and you know, their parent everything was just kind of down my throat at the time. There was a lot going on with that program, um, and the transition. So it was rough and I had a really I was so alone in in the most populated area. Like I felt so lonely in Hollywood. That was a really hard time for me. Um, a lot happened in those two years. And uh, after I was the head coach for that one year, which was my second year in LA, mm-hmm. um, I told my dad that, you know, I, I kind of want to go and like cheer in college. My friends had all left for Navarro the year prior. Um, and I didn't go because of um, my ex-boyfriend. We're totally cool now. But he was like my high school sweetheart. And um, he wanted to go and we were like, let's like separate. Like we need to like, we were toxic for each other and we knew it. So I was like, I'll stay and I'll do UCA and you take Navarro. And they all left, but seeing them kind of go um, and it, it just like looked like they were doing big things and they were, you know, like cheering at Navarro. And I was like, gosh, you know, I did. Yeah. I felt, I felt like I had potential and I wasn't using it. Like I, I felt yeah. like I was, I was at these all-star gyms where, I mean, I kind of told you about this before I had left one all-star gym for their rival gym. And I, I felt awful about it. And I, it was such a bittersweet. I had friends at, you know, PCM and I loved them. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm glad I came. But then it was like, I left very wrong on OC's part. And I felt awful for, that because I felt indebted to them for all that they did for Mm. me because they did a lot for me so it was just a really rough time and then seeing my friends gone and kind of like living out these dreams that I didn't even know let me ask you this let me ask you this now now obviously you're older you're not you're you're not the same girl that you were no back then yeah would would you would you change something there uh, would you say, Hey, no, I'm going to go to Navarro too. Like, I don't care if it's like kind of awkward or would you be like, eh, no, I'll stay where I'm at. <laughs> like, I know there's some people that are like, no, like screw it. Like I'm not, I'm not going to let this guy like get away, like get in front of my dreams or get it, get it, you know? Cause I, yeah. I guess, I don't know what you're trying to say. I get what you're saying. I, I think Navarro wasn't my dream. I didn't know about Navarro. I didn't know the extent of it. I think obviously once I was in the cheer world, of course I was like, Oh, Navarro's sick. Like I'm so flexible. Like why didn't I go to an NCA school? I was kind of mm-hmm. like, no, but um, I, 
looking back now and, you know, once you hear my whole story, I absolutely cannot regret it because if I would have went to Navarro, I wouldn't have gone to PCM. I wouldn't have met Gina, who's now my one of my best friends who I live with, who is a four-time national champion. She wouldn't have gone to Shelton or Moorhead if it wasn't for me going. I left PCM and I went to Shelton and they kind of saw like, whoa, Ashley's gotten so much better and she like loves it. And mm-hmm. her and Ashlyn Ray, who's also on Moorhead now, both called me and they were like, hey, do they really give full rides? Like, is that really what, like, that's what's up? And I was like, yeah, if you have the skill, like they'll do it. Like, <laughs> yeah. I was, like, yeah. I was like, if you guys get like, I, they're, they're talented. So I was like, if you guys come, you'll get a full ride. Like, I'm almost positive and I shouldn't be saying that because I'm not the coach and I don't decide these things, but I just yeah. kind of knew like Gina has a one to double. Like, are we joking? She's so sick, standing full, like Ashlyn's sick. So get for all the scholarships, um, damn it. <laughs> yeah, literally. So I can't regret my decision because if I would went to Navarro, I wouldn't have met Krista, who is like my second mom, the the coach above all coaches, like she's just so near and dear to my heart and she always will be. Um, and I, like, I won't ever regret going to Shelton. Like those, I, I have two Shelton people in my house now. Like they moved from Gina went from California to, to Shelton in Alabama with me, then to Kentucky at Moorhead with me and now to Arizona with me. And Sawyer, yeah, Sawyer is born and bred Alabama. And now he's here too with me in Arizona. And I can't regret, you know, like my, I can't. Yeah looking back and knowing where I am, I can't regret it at all. But of course, a little tiny part of me is like, oh, I love Monica. I'm such a Monica fan. I also love all my Yeah, friends. I see you posting those stories, voting for I her on, on girl. <laughs> <laughs> like, if they make sure you vote for her here at uh, A47, make y'all better vote for her. You see this? I will come for you if you don't vote for her. <laughs> no, literally, I, I love good coaches is what it is. And my friends talk so highly of her. And anytime I've met her, she's just like a walking class act. And I, I really just love coaches that there's a re- there's something to be said when there are hundreds and hundreds of kids saying like that is my mom like she changed my life like she like she saved me I'm just like that's like that's the coach I want to be and that's the coach I'm rooting for you know so yeah. I just have a love for Navarro and of course because I'm like super flexible I'm sad because I'm like oh I could have put it to use but um I can't be <laughs> sad at all I love Love me some Krista and I love me some Shelton. Let me let me ask you, uh, yeah, you brought up uh, Coach Krista, and oh, now that you're at Shelton State, uh, tell me more about that. How how come Coach Krista was very impactful? A lot of people have had her. I um, whew, I didn't think I would get emotional at all, but I, the juicy I, part. I oh, this is the juicy part, isn't it? No, it's not about him, him or anything. Um, it's juicy because I I didn't think I. Hey, I let it out, let it out, was... Ashley. It's all right. It's all right. Let it out. It's uh, it's it's spill the cheer, babe. It's spill the cheer. No, we 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 spill tea. we spill the tea here and a little bit of story. You know what I'm saying? Here we go. Tell me. <laughs> so um, I should have known I would get emotional because even like when I went back for my banquet and we got our rings and stuff, I started crying talking about her. But um. Again, I, I went from this broken, like, I lived in L.A., I had no money, I was eating canned food, my parents were like, cheer, schmear, like, you're not going to do anything with that, like, cut it out, you're wasting your time, you're wasting your money, like, 
they were crushing my soul. Like it was my whole passion. And I'm like, "Ah." so I went from that girl who was very alone. And I also just felt awful about my all-star situation. And um, I flew to Alabama. I don't even know like Sophie's, what are Sophie's, you know, Sophie shorts. What are those? They're the shorts that like Moorhead wears. Um, and Shelton, like, oh, is that like a specific, like, uh, yeah, like people wear like spandex Uh or you wear Sophie's, like, so you wear like baggy shorts over your spandex. So, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I'm a West Coast all star girl, so I come with my spandex and my sports bra thinking that Uh that's gonna fly. And, um, I can get into this whole shebang, but I'll just say why Krista is amazing. I just, I went from this girl who was like broken and alone in Hollywood and I had no direction and I felt like my parents were right. Like, why am I like doing this? Like, why am I cheering? Why am I'm never going to make money off of it? Like I look at me, like I'm eating canned food and (laughs) I have, my friends are gone. And I like, I was just so like defeated. And, um, I went to Alabama. I try out. She tells me like, here's you know like I got a full ride scholarship and she's just like okay okay is at tryout she's like is this a vacation or are you gonna come if I give you the scholarship you know and I'm like oh my god like wait I like I'm good enough you know to be here and I was just kind of like like I'm good enough and I remember going home and being such a baby she really made me grow up I was really immature (laughs) but I was I go home not home I go to the apartment that I was staying at and I'm like crying I'm like I have to leave LA like it was so lavish (laughs) (laughs) I cannot believe it (laughs) and I'm just like oh like I'm leaving my family and I was the first person to do that my brother my sister were both in California so I call my dad and like dad I'm doing it and he's like well good like it's it's about time like at least you're gonna get an education and I you know I told her like this isn't a vacation for me like I'm gonna do this like I love cheerleading and I had no idea what I was signing up for. I knew I wanted to be at a winning program, like not even for a win. I I really didn't care about getting a ring. I just wanted to like know what it would be like to be on a team with people who are just like hungry. Good, talented people. I got what I was asking for. Like it slapped me in the face hard with reality. I, um, I didn't realize that it absolutely had nothing to do with talent because I had that. It had everything to do with all of the things I lacked, like the little things, like being on time, wearing the right practice clothes, saying yes, ma'am, like being respectful, being a good teammate, like I being selfless, like I didn't understand that it, it was everything besides the skill. Ma'am, it was yes, ma'am, not not coach, like yes, coach, yes, ma'am. I, we're wow. in the south, honey. <laughs> Oh, sound. Okay. That's how y'all do it. Okay. Here we go. Uh, no, I, I would always, uh, at Michigan, when I was in Michigan, everyone would just call my coach, like, Hey, Elise, Hey, Packard, Hey, Elise, or, uh, you know, or at in Illinois where I'm at, they're like, Oh, Hey coach. Uh, no, like, Hey, me and Hey, Laura, like, why do you call, why do you call them like that? That's not like, I came from a football perspective and in football, you're like, you, you tell them like, Hey coach, Hey coach. It yeah. was now coach. So every time, like I would talk to my coach, and be like, "Hey, coach. Hey, coach Elise. Hey, coach uh, Packard." They're like, and and then and then some of the people on the team, were like, "Hey, don't 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 call her like that. You can just call her Elise." I'm like, "I can't. I, that's how I was like 
That's how they would told me to do it. Yeah. That's how with, with Krista, I could say like, Hey, Krista, or like, Hey coach, like I could say that, but if she gave me a correction, like, Hey, fix this and you're full up. Um, and I said, yes, like, okay. It was like, yes, ma'am. I'm like, Oh yes, ma'am. Like you, you <laughs> didn't to everyone too. It wasn't, it wasn't just her, you know, it was, it's a, just a sign of respect there. And I just really learned like how to be a better person. I just didn't realize like how selfish I was, how self-absorbed I was. Like I was so focused on like, I need to be good. And like, Ashley needs to be good. And, and I was also like, I want to be on this team. And then I get to this team and I realize like the whole reason why teams win and why they do good is because they do it for each other. Like it, it really like, my gosh, you know, we practiced a lot. She pushed us way beyond our limits. And that's what makes her amazing is she really like turned dust into gold. Like some yeah. people would come in with, you know, no, no, like college level stunting experience or, you know, like we do have to have like a QB and an extension and you throw these types of skills while you're trying out. Um, and then you get to show an elite, but, um, some people I was like, Whoa, like at, at our first practice, I remember thinking like, I thought this team was like stupid good, you know? And I'm kind of <laughs> like, what? Like, like, you know, I'm just kind of confused. And then I realized like with discipline and with how much we practice and with this coach who was just like the word we used that year was tenacious. And that's exactly what she was like tenacious, resentless. She just, she saw no limits for you. And it, it really made me like where I thought like, Oh, I could just do this. Like she was like, no, you could do way more and no questions asked. And it, it eventually it just rubbed off on you. Like, Oh shoot. Like I'm a Sheldon state buck. And like Chrissy says, I can do it. I can do it. Like she's queen. So what she says I can do. Yeah. It was, she just really like built me up and made me a better teammate and a better athlete. And when I screwed up, she really just put things into perspective for me. Like I didn't care about grades and she was not going to let that fly. Like if any of us did bad, the whole team was in trouble. So it really put pressure on me. Like, it's not just about you, you know, like if you don't get good grades, your whole team's going to run. Like if you're late, your whole team's going to run. Like I just didn't ever want to let her down or people down. So it, it challenged me to be a better person. I didn't even realize it like while it was happening, you know, like I, I kind of knew, but like now, especially looking back on it and even right when I was getting done with Shelton, I was like, wow, I've just like matured. And I'm just so proud of like the woman I've become. And I found God while I was there and I didn't believe you told in Jesus. Me, you told me about a moment, how it was a story. I know we talked about it the first time we talked, but um, how Krista did something for you or did something and that helped you in a way where like, I could, I completely forgot, but I know, I know it was something that, that stood out in our conversation when we first talked. Yeah. Um, she, God, there was so much that woman did for me. It's hard to go through everything. But there was this one time where I was driving to Michigan to see my family. And um, I'm from Michigan. Originally. I was born there. So I was just going to see like my aunts and uncles. And um, on my way back, I ended up totaling my car like in a ditch. And it was really scary. I had only been at Shelton for a few months, maybe. Um, and... I called Krista thinking like, oh crap, I have to tell her I might not make it to practice. You know, like I was just more nervous about that, but I called her and she just like took the situation under control and was like, no worries. She just, 
she bought me and the person I was with a ticket to get back safe and sound, asked for my parents' number, like called them, told them like, it's going to be okay. And my parents were freaking out. Like their little girl just flew to Alabama. Like, well, I guess I didn't fly. I obviously drove because I had a car, but um, their little girl (laughs) just went off to Alabama and here I am in a ditch in the middle of Ohio within three months, like it was November um, being there. And she, she, you know, she called them and she was like, it's, it's okay. Like I got her, everything's going to be fine. Took care of our flights, did not ever expect me to pay her. Um, And she, she just did that for all of us. Like, it wasn't just a me thing. It was like, she really, like, we were really her kids. And, and I still feel like I am to this day. Like I can call her if I need her. And Mm. um, the way she always just kind of like stuck her neck out and made sure that on a personal level, I was okay. And I was doing what I was supposed to. She gave me that sort of um, like that second parent that I really Mm. needed to, to give me direction in life. Like I shifted from oh, I want to be on a winning team or I want to go be good at cheerleading to I need to do good in school so that this is worth it. And like, I need, I need to be good to the people around me. And like, I need to do things on time for others correctly. Like she, she gave me a job at ACE. Like she really just does whatever she can for anyone. And it's, it's She's just a like busy, busy person too busy and and for her to she owns she runs a gym she helps like she coaches with team usa she coaches shelton state who's won now what 13 times in a row and um now she's at the university of alabama and it's just like this woman is like a force to be reckoned with for sure and on top of that it's like she's just so humble and she's your mom like she never wants you to talk about her she'll never gloat she'll never ever she's so humble and just wants to like put her head down, work hard and take care of her kids as if they're her own. And like, she really, she really does. Like you feel the love. Like, I just can't explain it, but like, you know, like mama Chris has got you. Like she (laughs) might, she might like come for you if you get caught doing something bad or she might, she might push you till you're crying, but, um, she's got you, you know? And, and I think like, she'll never know. She, she, I've told her, but like, she'll never know how much she changed my life. Like I, I just wouldn't have the drive I have. I wouldn't have like the compassion I have. I would have been a lot more selfish and a a lot of things if it wasn't for like Krista, just like guiding me to be a better adult. And she just did it for so many people. I saw Mm -hmm. so many people come into the program kind of like broken or, you know, poor, don't have money for this, blah, blah, blah. And she, you know, just like gives them jobs or gives them money to clean the gym or, whatever she could do, she would just like help us. And I, I just love that woman. And on top of that, she can win national championships back to back to back to back and not even, you know, think about it. And then she doesn't even want to talk about it. When you see her in any podcast or interviews, she's sh- so like shy about it. Like she doesn't like to, um, I'm trying to have her, I've been trying to have her in the podcast, but uh, she's a very busy person. So it's, it's rare to uh, to get that time, but uh, I've not heard. She's committed I've to her. I've not athlete. heard of her personally, but just the way you're describing um, Krista, just like man, it, just, it reminds me a lot of. Uh, and I've talked to them in the podcast is about my experience with my coach, high school coach. 
she is a mm-hmm. uh, quick story. I don't know if I, I don't think I've shared it with you guys, but uh, uh, there was one time where I was in high school and uh, there was this cl- clinic, Kentucky clinic, uh, like 40 minutes away uh-huh. from my house. And, uh, and my coach was like telling us, Hey, you guys should go. You guys are seniors. It's your last year. You guys should really go and get better at, at this clinic. I'm like, yeah, yeah, cool. T- turns out it was like $75. And I said, Oh, I don't How's know about that? that money. I am not trying to ask my parents for this because my parents don't got no money. And uh, so I, so I yeah. just didn't want to go. I really wanted to go, but I didn't want to go. And then my coach was like texting me. She's like, "Hey, are you going to the clinic? I, I, I heard you if not reg- registered yet." And I was like, "Coach, um, I don't think I can go. I don't, I don't have, I don't have, I don't have any money for it." And she's like, "It's like, okay." Come to my because she's also a preschool teacher. She's like, come, come, come to the school after af, after your after you're done with school, and I'm gonna give you something. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. She gives me an envelope, and I'm like, uh, what is this, coach? She's like, this this is the money for you to go to the clinic. I'm like, huh? You want me to go to the clinic? No, get the get, get out of here, coach. There's no way you're gonna give me like it was it was seventy five dollars. Um, obviously for some people it might be a lot. Um, for me it was a lot at that point. I was like, I, I can't go. I yeah. really want to go, but I can't. And, and and I was like, dude, there's just no way this coach is willing to get out, go out of the way, and give you money, money like seventy five dollars for you to go and learn and yeah. learn some skills. Those are the type of coaches that gets me pumped up. Like that, like my, my coach, my coach, Mia, like she yeah. is, the, she's like a second mom to me. I mean, Krista, for you, it's like a second mom. I mean, the the amount of stuff yeah. that she's done, right? Uh, I mean, it's just, it's just crazy to think like there's, there's those coaches out there. If you have a coach, there's people like that, like that yeah. whoever's, whoever's listening, you have a coach like that, cherish them. Like make sure you talk to them and just respect the hell out of them. Like these are the people, what? these are rare to find. These are rare to find. And you just, I mean, I, I, I don't know what to say, Ashley, because you are a coach now and, and I'm pretty yeah. sure you're using the same, the same skills, right? You're using the same like values that you were taught. Yeah, I really try. Um, I'll add to like, after that accident, um, she got us those, those flights and got us back and like, didn't you know the number one thing on my mind is like oh my gosh like I got to pay her back like all that money it was a lot of money to get us back in one one day you know like a next day ticket is not cheap and um the first thing she did was hug me and she said don't worry about it like don't worry about it I'm just so glad you're safe and and for her she did not expect that money back from us like was did not want us did not want us to even think about it she just was so happy that we were safe and I just like cry so hard because I'm like, it makes me like water up because, and I, I, I've watered up before telling this story, but I just, <laughs> um, to have, to have a coach like that, who just like, mm-hmm. doesn't care to drop nearly a grand to get you home safe and call your parents and tell you like, I got her. Like she's, she's like my own now. Like, don't worry. Um, even my parents, you know, and they're hard to please. Like they're, they're some tough people. Um, my parents are just like, wow, you know, like you're in good hand. Like we like, sent you off to someone who's you still have a mom like thank god because I I was really like I said it was really immature when I went even though I was 19 and I was older than some of the people there I didn't have much guidance and I I was very immature and 
just to have that mom figure to start me off in college, it really saved me from like more than I can imagine, obviously, because it changed me. So I just started making better like decisions. So yeah, if you got a coach like that, cherish them. And if you are a coach, like that's Treat them just- right. Get yeah. them presents. It's Christmas, get, guys. Get them presents. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think I think kind words more than anything um, matters the most. And I, and I think like when if you are a coach, like for me, I always try to remember that. You know, she was hard as tough as nails on us. Um, and I think I am extremely tough on my kids. But I hope to God they know like I love them and I I think about every I feel like a mom of 30 like I'm just like worried about what they're doing or like you know I I, I worry about them and um yeah I you know I just I hope that I'm like those coaches like Krista like Dustin you know all the yeah. people that have been in my life and um yeah she's just amazing that's crazy that's I'll I love to hear that I love to hear that and so yeah now now with this whole experience this journey where does Morehead State come into play because you do uh um, there's there's some there's some there's some stories there that we're gonna get into and uh for all <laughs> you guys like for all of you guys listening right now this is this is the part where where it's there's another phase uh that maybe some of you guys might be going through or 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 not and if you do ever come into play, then uh, this podcast is the best fit for you. But yes, tell me how did more how did Morehead State come into play? Um. So I. Ew. Do you want me to talk about the cheer part or the personal aspect? <laughs> uh, no, uh, I think I guess like maybe like blended in, like blended, like blend kind of kind of like the start of it and then kind of like the lessons that you took from or yeah just yeah just a juicy part I guess <laughs> yeah. Just, I don't know. yeah I'll get I'll get it I'll get to it that sounds good um so up to while you. I was at Shelton yeah we're gonna we're gonna go for it maybe I'm just so while I was at Shelton I had a best friend um, like right off the bat, he had come from Navarro and he was actually friends with like Dustin Shane and all them. So they kind of told me to look out for him and they told him the same, like we got this friend, Ashley there, like she's our BFF, go be BFFs with her. So we were cool, like best friends, dating other people our freshman year, um, our sophomore year, we both come back again and, um, still like, you know, we were, we were just trying to lead the team as sophomores. Um, and I don't know how we decided to date. Uh-huh. I, I really feel, well, I do know how I was dating someone else and, um, yeah, this person just kind of like the best friend, he, he kind of came back and was like, I'm actually in love with you. Like, let's date. And, um, Long story short, I ended up dating him, even though uh-huh. I was very much not wanting to to begin with. And you were so um, I was very you, skeptical of you, it. You were still at Shelton State. I was still at Shelton State. We cheered at Shelton State together, and okay. um, yeah, he he convinced me to date him, so I date him, um, and very early on into our relationship. 
I started seeing, I mean, it's not even just a red flag, like it was unacceptable. Um, I think the first thing that happened with me and Assad is we went to Mardi Gras um, with some friends and Chris had told us we shouldn't go. She told me not to go. I should have listened to her. Um, <laughs> but I went to Mardi Gras and um, he started making really inappropriate comments to me. Um, just wow. saying things like, you know, using the word slut and like, you're trying to get these guys to look at you. And, and just I promise stuff that you, people, I was not. Um, just stuff that no one wants to hear. Like it's, it, it shouldn't even come out of someone's mouth. Right. That's stuff that is just, le yeah. Let alone like your, yeah, your best friend and now boyfriend. Like it shouldn't, it's so disrespectful, even a stranger, like no one should use those words. So um, we got there and I'm, I'm telling you within the first 10 minutes of being like in the actual Mardi Gras, uh, mm. you know, whatever it is, the parade, um, no one like Gina and I were there and we wanted, we were 21. I'm going to, I am prefacing with that because we were, um, we were above it. Gina was. Um, so <laughs> we were going to go grab we were going to just go grab a drink and um, what else do you do at Mardi Gras? And um, Assad is like going crazy. Like he's just saying, like I said, those things like um, he's already drunk and, and he's saying things like, you know, just, just using the word slut and like saying like that I'm getting these guys attention or like, was he looking at you? He was being like that drunk guy that's like trying to fight someone. Uh -huh. But what everyone needs to know is that, at the time, I'm thinking, this is my former, you know, he, he was my best friend. And we had just started dating. We had only been dating for, it might have been a month. And I had never seen this side of him for the two years while we were at Shelton together. So he dated someone else. I never thought he did any of this with her. And I've just never he heard him talk like this. He's a very, he comes off as a very likable person. Like, Everyone yeah. on my team liked him. My coach liked him. I liked him, obviously. You know, everyone loved him. So um, at the time, this is the first thing that's happening, right? So I'm not thinking like, oh, like he's an abuser. Like this is like, you know, domestic violence or verbal abuse. I was just thinking like, what is going on? Like I was just in complete shock. Like one, this is disrespectful. Don't talk to me like that. And two, what like who is this person you know mm. like I'm in total complete shock so I tell my best friend like what is, like why is he saying this stuff and everyone can kind of tell like we're all kind of just like whoa like we've never seen him act like this so um the night goes on and I am just avoiding him like I'm staying with my friend Gina I had already told him like you're ridiculous. Like, don't ever think you can talk to me like that. I have a voice. I, I think maybe hopefully you can tell. Um, I'm a loud mouth, like, not afraid to say how I feel. I'm very like, <laughs> outgoing. I, I, yeah. I don't hold back. Like I, especially with people I'm comfortable with, like, there's no filter on Ashley. And so yeah. I was very much like, oh boy. you're not going to disrespect <laughs> me. Yeah, I, I just told him like, don't ever think you can talk to me like that. And I knew I was going to break up with him. I was like, we're not doing this. Like, I'm not doing this, right? Why would I do that? Um, I'm, I'm always that girl who tells my girlfriends, like, I hype them up. Like, I'm the one who's like, 
uh-uh, if he disrespects you, like, cut it, leave him. So with saying that all the time and with having this pride um, in me of, like, you're the girl who says it, so live by it, you know, I, I told him, like, to screw off and, like, don't talk to me like that. And we're not talking. Like, we're not talking the rest of the night. Now, granted, we're all staying in the same place. Like, we were with a, a group of our teammates, so I really wanted to make sure we stayed together but like I don't want to be near him um so the night goes on and as the night progresses he's getting more physical and he's like finding me like me and Gina keep trying to leave him he's finding me he's yelling in my face using words that he shouldn't use with like anyone you should never call a female those things and I promise never, you like, never never I dude I that dickheads man like people <laughs> if you're younger you're listening to this uh just skip a little bit but these guys whoever treats mm -hmm. people in a in the most terrible way whether you're the boyfriend or you're the girlfriend or the friend or best friend or just people in general like why like why is there so much hate like and now you're saying this guy right now he is intoxicated at the moment or is he like normal yeah, like sober like he's i did not think he was like belliterated he he didn't drink a lot we we really weren't going there like we all had to like yeah. be safe you know i, I yeah. don't want you to think but that still, we were like, like all out, ball know, out. Like, yeah he yeah he was just he was like he had a few drinks but um uh, yeah you'll you'll hear there's, more as we go on there, of like there's why just no I'm need for that, that now because you know no no there is no need for the way he was talking to me so he's he's finding me he keeps finding me he's grabbing me and like pushing me now like he's pushing me around mm -hmm. i am very misaccount like i'm misaccountable and i'm not i'm not afraid to say if like i was doing something i am the most faithful girl and i do not pay mind to anyone else no matter who I'm dating, even if he's the worst human on earth. And I was not doing a thing. You know, I was really just with Gina and trying to get away from him. And he was kind of killing my first time at Mardi Gras. I just wanted to see the beads and like, see if people really do the crazy things they talk about. I wasn't going to do it, but I just no. wanted to experience this. And he just kept finding me and he was shoving me. And it got to the point where like, I'm just like, holy crap. Like, not only does he have the audacity to say these words to me and I've never been spoken to like that. He's literally putting his hands on me. Like he's pushing me up against walls. He's shoving me. He's in my face to where there's like saliva in my face. He's like screaming and yelling at me. And for no, for absolutely no re reason, I kid you not for not a thing happened to trigger this. Like, and not that it's, it's valid anyways, but there's there was it was so uncalled for and it got to the point where like some of the guy teammates that I had there were like back off like get away from her oh i and would have 100 percent put my i i honestly i would box him right there and there like i i don't <laughs> I, I wouldn't care i literally i would i would I, I would put him down yeah seriously no, and, as and a friend were... as a cheer friend like as your teammate you i dude i it's like I don't know. I mean, there's people obviously that date on the true team and stuff, and blah, blah, but there's some people that are just your teammates and you see them as like brother and sister, you know, there's, those are the people that are like, you, you need to have them like next to you because something goes down. Yeah. You gotta, 
kick some ass, you know? <laughs> right, right. So this this whole night, it, it there's a whole, it's a long story. That would be a whole two-hour podcast. But um, <laughs> he, he was, like, trying to pull me away from them so they can't see him, like, shoving me around. Like, he was trying to get me into, like, an area, like, behind a brick wall or whatever. And I'm just, like, trying to get away from him. But keep in mind, I'm 4'11", and this guy is, like, I don't know. He's big. And um, it got to the point where he got, he got kicked out of the crew. Like, my teammates were, and my friends were, like, get out. Like, you're not welcome to even walk with us down the street because clearly you can't get away <laughs> from her and, like, leave her alone. Yeah, so he leaves, and he's I, we get back to the room, and I see this, like, this crazy human, like, He's crying his eyes out, like, don't leave me and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like this wild thing. And I knew like I was going to break up with him. I, I go back to Alabama. Um, I break up with him. And it's really hard because I'm just so in shock still. Like, you just have to think two years of never, ever of having this guy who's like one of your best friends, who's like so much fun. And you've always just had fun to like, He's in your face and disrespecting you. And you're like, you want to believe that that's not who he is, you know, because it's just been so long of good that I, I couldn't, I was just like so messed up. And I remember like crying at practice and my coach was like, what's wrong? And I wouldn't tell her because I didn't want, you know, to like ruin his cheer career. Or like, I didn't want to speak out about it. And I went to the bat. I asked her if I go to the bathroom. I said, it was like something with my dad. And uh, my, she sent one of my teammates in. And I remember telling my teammate Summer, like, this is what he did. Like he like was like putting his hands on me and like shoving me around. And the worst part is, is he was just like calling me like names and I did nothing. All we did was walk up to the parade and he just starts doing this. And she's like, did you break up with him? And I'm like, yeah, I broke up with him. I'm just sad because I feel like I've lost my friend over anything. And why did I like, what did I do for him to treat me like that? And I'm crying my eyes out. And I just remember summer kind of, making it seem like don't ever take him back like she was just like don't like don't stand for that and I'm glad you broke up with him and leave it and boy I wish I would have um he said he was gonna go to therapy and he did and um he told me like I'm so sorry for what I did he really apologized and he was like I'm gonna go to therapy and I was just drunk and he kept saying like I was just drinking and um I don't know why I gave him another shot, but I did. And he proved me wrong. Like, I, my gosh. This turned I, out to be worse. It just, point. like, yeah. Um, he, he was just awful. Like, that huh. it's February that then when that happened, I think. And. Um, now I'm deciding what college I'm going to go to and I'm, I'm choosing between Alabama or Moorhead. Um, Moorhead was always kind of like the path for me. Even when I lived in California, I was like, I'm going to go to Shelton and I'm going to go to Moorhead. Um, but while I was at Shelton, of course, you're next door to Alabama and I loved Alabama. I loved the Bryant Denny and I wanted to do it. And, um, I had that stress of like, okay, like sophomore year, it's time to go. And, um, we, that relationship was just so toxic. He just, more and more situations happened. And I remember um, we were deciding what we were going to do in the summer and I didn't want to do UCA staff anymore. Uh, just because 
I like sleep. We don't sleep much. <laughs> and oh. yeah, it's just like, you're just like awake and you're always like on the go. And I didn't want to do it, but he did. And honestly, I didn't trust him. Like he was not someone I could trust to be like faithful. And I think on top of that, his aggression was like scary. And I, I don't know, I felt kind of, I started to feel trapped in the relationship. So we were deciding what we were doing for summer and um, he decided that he would do SoCal stuff with me since that's where I came from. I was always on SoCal. And that's when things just got out of hand. Like there were things that happened while we were in Alabama from that point on. Um, but I would say like one of the biggest things I remember where again, we're like a second huge thing I should have known. Um, we were at this camp in Washington on UCA and like it's a high school camp we're about to private coach and he would do this thing where he would like growl like his voice would get really low and he would like say like don't do that like he would like grip my hand so tight to where it felt like it was literally like I was gonna break a finger or my knuckle was gonna pop out and um it could be anything I could look at a direction I could talk with a guy friend I could do absolutely nothing as well and he just I'll never forget he like came up to me don't even know like what triggered it shoves me hard into this brick wall and there are cheerleaders around like high school girls and I'm thinking Jesus it's awful because the only thing can you hear me okay yeah sorry it's only in one ear now I think these airpods are dying um, the only thing I can think, and it's so sad, is that how embarrassing would it be if one of these girls sees me? I yeah. wasn't thinking about my safety. I wasn't thinking about being disrespected anymore. All I could care about was like, someone's going to catch that, like, I'm getting, like, I'm a victim in a relationship and someone's abusing me, you know? And, um, he shoves me up against this wall to the point like my head hit it and I was like don't do that and I like tried to subtly like shove him back almost but not make a scene because I'm about to like private coach these kids and they can like if anyone was paying attention they'd know and he like came up to me and he grabbed my hand and acted like he was gonna hold my hand and this is in front of everyone like staff is out there grabs my hand and is just like holding it so tight and saying like don't ever do that again and gripping my hand and we're literally like right next to other staffers and I just remember feeling like I was in like a living hell and like a prison cell that everyone could see but no one could see if that makes any sense like and you couldn't say anything I just right? felt like because of the whole no. the whole situation the whole like uh the camp there's kids there's the the, the, the time there like you have Right, it's just like from from your perspective, it it, was yeah. just, it just felt like does it make sense to to cause another problem in this big problem that's happening, right? Because you didn't want it to escalate, right? This is something that you're like, okay, I just need to, yeah. I just need to find a way to just just go through it and just and just find a way to, you know. And I mean, I guess what would you say? What would you say now? Like now, like looking back at it. We'll continue with the story, but like just just looking at it back, like how, what would you say to that? Um, 
I would just say like, it was absolutely unacceptable. And like, I should have spoken up, you know, like, uh-huh. I think that to any girl that's in this situation, it's so easy um, and hard. It's but it's so easy to feel like you can't say it yet. Or like, you can't cause that scene yet, or you can't cause that problem. But like, honestly, just like how you're like coming to bat for me and you're like, I want to box him. You know, I, I think I found out a lot later on after, after people started realizing um, that everyone would have came to bat for me, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and I think you're so quick to like count yourself out of like people like loving you that you just, you put this wall up thinking like no one's going to come, like come save you. And that was so wrong. Like I just, I, I really wish that I would have just walked away and told one of the other guy staffers, like, he's abusive, physically, like, verbally, mentally, like, this isn't right, you know, like, I, I wish I would have just, like, spoken up about it, and seen what could have come from that, you know, and maybe maybe yeah. nothing, and maybe something, but I, I think that I just felt like I was in prison, and, like, if I told what would happen, you know, like, he would, maybe he yeah. would come up and punch me square in the face i don't know so i just really felt trapped that's that's i was i was about to bring that up is uh it's so for some people it it could be for some people they could say well why didn't you say anything like it's your fault blah 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 but those people are like what the like you have to understand that person a little bit more you have to you have to understand in, in in that position that they're at and say hey okay this person hasn't said anything yet, and there and, and there's a reason, right? There, there there's always reasons why. Uh, and yeah. just like you said, it could be because this dickhead here is about to like maybe beat me up if if I say something, or yeah. two, uh, the, the whole staff and something is about to go down, and and maybe they might look at me kind of like, "What are you doing? You know, you're 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 yeah. causing this whole scene." Three, it could be like, yeah you know, the whole, it just, it just goes downhill. Right. And so that, that I feel like people need to like understand if anyone goes through something like this, they need to be like, okay, how can we help this person? Cause they're not, this guy is, it's, it's a freaking big. Okay. Like we need to understand, like, you know, if, if people really know you as well, they, they will understand and they will like, they will, they will like, 100% 100% like 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 I said if I knew you we were in the same team we were the same staff and and I knew this like this guy like just try to mess around like I said I would put the gloves in I'll beat the hell out of him but obviously like I said I think yeah. people need to understand rather than assume and and like and something like you said it's um you need to like people need to learn like this I think this is what you said is you know you need to learn it and trusting you know your teammates because like that is something that i think is huge right trust and when something's going down you need to yeah. tell other people because you can't be silent about that uh but i mean so going back to to that moment uh i know i know i paused your uh, i paused where you're at but i continue with where you were at <laughs> yeah so i'm at this high school camp and um I just knew it was getting bad, you know, like on top of there was like, there was questionable other issues like going on our relationship on top of this, like, abusive, physically and mentally, like, and 
way more like verbally than anything. You know, I, I think that I have tough skin, like thick skin. And I, I feel like um, you just don't realize how much a master manipulator can manipulate you. Like mm-hmm. he, he would do this and then we would go out in front of people and he would be like, Hey buddy, what's up? And completely flip a switch just like that. And love on me in front of people, you know, put his arm around me, tell me good job. Or it was like, I was just living in this, like, what? And the, I would turn and look at him. Like you were just like pushing me around and yelling at me and like gripping my hand tight. And what, you know, like, and, and I, I shut down. I didn't want to talk to anyone. I had a whole summer with this guy and it was just the beginning. This was like masters right at the start of summer. And I think it was only our second camp. And I was like, gosh, you're on every camp with him. What happens if you break up with him? You're going to keep flying to all these places with him. Yeah. that. Are you going to tell people like they let you stay with your boyfriend. So of course, like people thought probably thought, and people would be nice and be like, Oh, I'll let you sleep in there. And I'm thinking like, please, no, keep me away from him. You know, but I, also didn't want to be with people because I didn't want to expose him and and me I I felt so guilty and trapped and I felt like Mm -hmm. Ashley how are you letting this happen to you and I felt so like oh my gosh but if you tell people what would happen you know you're gonna ruin his cheer career you're gonna ruin his life you're gonna you know I think I think a lot of girls I think a lot of cheer girls can agree with me um if you've ever been in a situation that the first thing we jump to is I'm going to ruin his cheerleading career. And that is just so sad that we think that a cheerleading career is more important than our well-being. Like how on earth is that okay? You know? And I, th- yeah. I think so many people there's, I have so many friends who have the same story um, who just maybe haven't told it to everyone yet um, in cheerleading that they've dated that guy that like hits them whatever chokes them hurts them and they didn't say it until you know it was safe to say it because they just Mm -hmm. didn't want to cause them trouble and I think that's exactly where I was I was just like oh I just can't be that person you know like maybe one day I could break up with him but I can't ruin his life like I I don't know why I I, felt like that and I'm so mad that I thought like that I see I see what you mean and it's like I'll be completely honest I I can relate. I cannot, I cannot relate to, to yeah. what person like you, like yourself, for example, in that situation, never, never. I, I was raised in, in a way where you respect everyone, anyone, it don't matter who it is. You respect them and, and, yeah. and you treat them the right way. And obviously with my parents, I mean, I, I think that's, that's also the, that's for me. That's why I can't, I can relate, but listening to it, it's like, makes you understand and 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 i've heard these kind of stories before in college um similar ones not this one though not this one specifically about the whole you know camp and chilling uh but being able to under like i said and and i think i I said this again but i said this before understanding because it's it's not that easy to just assume right people that just want to think that zoom like and like but it's just look if you try to like visualize try to be in your shoes it's like okay there's so many factors that could happen 
in your mind, but you're but you just don't yeah. know it's, the right or wrong answer, right? It's kind of like it's like oh my God, like what should I do? Like, yeah. okay, if I do this, it's, everything's gonna go downhill. But if I do this, it might burn in hell too. Yeah. Or this, like it's just so like, oh yeah, yeah, what do I do? <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, I literally just felt so like okay, well, if I do this, I, uh, that will happen. So I just, I eventually just came to this awful and sad conclusion that like, just stay, like, just like, shut up and don't talk to anyone. I am such a social butterfly. And I feel so bad for anyone that got to know me during this time period, whether it was through staff or when I eventually did go to Moorhead, because I completely shut down. I could not recognize myself. I went from you know, I, like, I'm usually the girl that brings all the friends together. And uh-huh. um, I always have a You're smile on my face. I always have a good time. I, yeah, and I, I could not recognize myself. I was just like, I didn't want to talk to anyone about it. And I didn't want to talk to anyone, period, because I'm also not a liar. And I didn't, I just didn't want to talk. So mm-hmm. I shut everyone out. And I feel like from the outside looking in, maybe people thought like, she's obsessed with her boyfriend. She just wants to be around him. But in reality, I felt so like Trapped. here I am with this guy who everyone likes. Yeah, he goes around and he socializes and he acts like we're so perfect in front of them. And then he literally is like abusing me right under their nose, like grabbing me, pushing me, saying things in my ear. And it's right under their nose and then flipping a switch. Like it was absolutely mind blowing and just so miserable. I was miserable. But I didn't leave him after that that time in Washington. Um, and even some guys at the camp kind of saw him. They saw him getting in my face after he had pushed me. And they said, like, I don't know what that was, but I don't like it. And I, I don't think they'll ever know, like, how much I appreciated moments where people kind of caught on. It made me feel like, oh, like, maybe someone will know. Like maybe someone will believe me because you how feel like could you, you were believe kind of like in movie, me this guy? Right? Literally, I just felt like this guy was so likable and everyone's just like loving on him. Uh-huh. And now if we break up, all he's going to do is say like, she's lying, you know? Like I just thought there's no way that anyone oh, will ever know. Fire on that. Eight, that yeah. I just, uh, I just realized that if, if you were to say something, you know, there's, there's some guys out there uh you know or like anyone that can just say stuff about you that is not true at all not true but to make you look like the bad person and make you look like you are the reason why something happened no no not me not me you did it that that now okay that makes that that makes a lot more yeah i you now you brought that right weight that that's another that's another issue that goes into into play yeah, there were so many factors. And so I guess, you know, this, like I said, this could, this story could be a whole podcast too. But um, I think <laughs> that it really could. Um, I went through like months of that. Uh, by the end of, I remember at our last camp, um, he had a drink. And, and this is the funny thing is at first, the whole reason why I got back with him is because I said, oh, well, it was because he drank and now he's getting therapy. And I got back with him and I quickly realized all of these, all of the, the, next times where I was like okay leave him like okay this is it he wasn't drinking he was sober and he knew exactly what he was doing and um it was awful so by the time 
we get to our last camp, um, he drank and I'm just like, oh my gosh, on top of what, you know, he does when he doesn't drink, like Mm -hmm. I can't imagine. And like picks me up and is like throwing me around and like in our little dorm room and stuff, just freaking out on me. And again, for absolutely no reason, like I would fight back by this point because I was so sick of like being abused, like being pushed around and being like spoken to. So he would say something like, don't do that. And I'd be like, no, like, what are you going to do? You know, I, I thought that I was standing up for myself by verbalizing, you know, or like talking back to him. But really, I didn't know that like standing up to him would have just been like ignoring him and breaking up with him and never looking back. But in the moment, Mm -hmm. I was like, that's not an option. So I'm going to stand up for myself. And that never worked out well for me. Um, A huge reason too why I stayed with him in that summer on top of like, one, I, I thought he would lie and tell everyone like, nothing ever happened. She's crazy and blah, blah, blah. And like make my, you know, my summer was already awful because I didn't make connections with anyone because I tried to stay away from everybody. But two, I I was like, he's going to go off and be with some other girl. I was just in this messed up state of like, why do I want to be with this person? But I want to be with this person, but I don't at all want to be with this person. It was just, he really manipulated the crap out of my brain. And I was so unrecognizable. So um, I ended up deciding I would go to Moorhead. Um, I visited Moorhead. I saw Dustin and Shannon again, and it just like brought back a little life into me. And mm-hmm. it sucked because they loved Assad. You know, they they saw him. They're like, "Buddy, what's up?" He came with. Um, we kind of thought like we would go there together. It, you know, it was the place where we could both make it. And um, I. I don't think he played into that decision. I really tried to make sure he didn't um, as far as choosing Alabama or Moorhead, but Alabama was just expensive. And that was the whole reason. Honestly, I, I loved Moorhead and I loved Bama and it was like, well, my family's at Moorhead. It's way cheaper at Moorhead. And um, I, I just went with it. And, you know, I'm really sad. I wish I could have done both <laughs> for some reason, but um, cause I love Alabama, but yeah, I went to Moorhead Um and I was in this abusive relationship. And again, I, I hate that the people that got to know me there, like didn't get to know me because I was just so not like myself. And I'm sure if some of them knew me from Alabama, they were re- probably really confused because I was super mm-hmm. outgoing in Alabama. And like I said, I brought all the girls together. We would always hang out. I was, I was just like life at the party along with my friends. You know, we always just wanted to have fun and be fun and make the most out of life. And I was unrecognizable. I got to Moorhead. I didn't talk to anyone. I didn't want to talk about him or anything that had to do with him. I was like, you know what? I just want to cheer and somehow get out of this relationship, but I have no idea how. And, um, one night we were doing homework together. I saw and I, mm-hmm. and, um, we're just like doing accounting and it was hard for him. And, um, I had this like recliner chair next to my bed and, uh, we were separated and he was like, come sit next to me. And I was like, there's no room like next to you. 
because there wasn't like he was on a recliner and um he's like come sit next to me and help me now and obviously I have a girl voice so I sound a lot sweeter but he did not sound as sweet as I do and I'm like no like I what do you need help with you know what I'm saying and I I was trying to explain like I didn't really know what the problem was either and I was like I don't I don't know if I can even help you you know and that's not the point moral of the story is um he starts getting heated and um he basically like I get up I'm leaning over his shoulder trying to help him can't help him he's getting frustrated he's yelling at me like again, it's math. And he's like telling me how useless I am. Like, this is how our whole relationship was. It was like creating something out of absolutely nothing and feeling the need to call me names. And, um, I'm like, I'm not going to help you. And I start trying to go back to my bed and, um, I have pretty long hair and he grabs me like by the back of my hair and he yanks me back like over his lap. Jesus. And I'm like, ow. And yeah, I just, I remember thinking Justin and Shannon are downstairs and I could hear what sounded like some of the girls on all girl from Warhead. And all I can think yet again is like, Oh my gosh, I'm about to get caught. You know, like I'm about to be the girl who's like, I'm two weeks into being at Moorhead, two weeks. It was August 28th. I'll never forget it. And I'm just like about to be this girl who's like drama and there's police outside and the boyfriend and whatever. And I hate being that girl. You know, I, I'm usually like everyone's go to and and not, you know, I, I, I put this label on it that wasn't there at all. And um, he pulls me back over his lap and um, puts his hand over my neck. And he's like choking me and he's pushing down extremely hard. And I remember looking at him and kind of thinking like, he's going to let go. And I just see this like crazy look in his eyes. And he always had it whenever I knew I was going to get like pushed or, you know, picked up or whatever. But this time it was like even worse. Like I literally felt like I was looking into the devil's eyes and he just, like kept pushing harder and this guy obviously has a big hand and it gets to the point where I'm just like making noises that like I don't I've never heard a human You're like fighting for your noises. life at this point I literally like cannot breathe and I'm thinking like holy crap he's not gonna let go and I'm still thinking my best friends are downstairs like do I yell for them and all of these girls are going to know, or, you know what I mean? And I can't yell yeah. by this point. Now I'm completely out of breath and I'm making these noises. He's still pushing. He's still pushing. And then finally something switches in his eyes and he lets go. And I just like roll over onto the floor and I'm just like trying to gasp for air. And I, Oh my gosh. I just like hit rock bottom. Like it was such that an night, awful that moment. That night just me. wouldn't end, right? It's just like it felt like forever, right? Yeah. When he was doing it, I just like I 
yeah, it was like slow motion. I, I had so many thoughts, like, how did I get here? Like, what did I do? Or why am I like, why am I letting this happen? And mm-hmm. I felt awful about myself. I felt like I can't even yell for my best friends right now because I'm too embarrassed. Like, I I felt so many emotions. And I especially just felt hurt. Like, you know, at the end of the day, I kept looking at this person, like he was my best friend. And I kept going back to that, like, he's your best friend and whatever. Like, why? I don't know why I felt all those emotions. So, and he's like pacing back and forth, freaking out because he, he's realizing like what he just did is so, mm-hmm. you know, like he can't ever take that back. I kind of, you know, I hear, I kind of heard the story after the fact, but Shannon, once I did eventually tell her, she told me that she heard me like as he gripped my hair and he pulled me back. Um, when I, I said, ow, really loud, I was like, ow, because obviously like getting grabbed by your hair and yanked mm-hmm. back isn't nice. But, um, Shannon said that she heard me say, ow, and she like f- had like a gut feeling to go up there and she just didn't like Dustin was like, leave them alone. Like they're just like hanging out. Like, you know, he didn't know what was going on. So it's, it's kind of crazy how like it was that loud. I had a loft upstairs in this house and they could hear me all the way downstairs in the kitchen with people laughing, um, say that. And, and for them to have, like for Shane to have this like gut feeling, it's like kind of crazy because I don't know, we're just like best friends. We're synced up. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, he, he's pacing back and forth and, um, he's just saying he's sorry. He's sorry. You know? And like every other time it was like this, like, Sometimes he'd wake up and act like nothing happened. Sometimes he'd be like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm going to get better. My therapy is going to help. Like, I just got to keep going. Like, in in the summer, it was, you know, oh, we're on UCA right now. I can't do it yet. But when I get back, like, we will. And um, I remember feeling two things. Like, one, I had hit rock bottom in this relationship and with myself. Like, I'm completely unrecognizable. My friends don't know me. They don't know what's going on. If I can't even tell my best friend on earth, like what's happening to me, there's a problem. And then the second thing I felt, which was like, honestly, the saddest, the saddest thing I've ever felt was I felt relieved. And I know that sounds crazy. Like I just got choked by him. How could you feel relieved? But I felt like, thank God, like, this is not forgivable. Mm -hmm. Like you, you can try and justify being pushed around all you want and you can justify him calling you a slut because he thinks some guy is looking your way and, and you can, you can try to justify anything, but you cannot justify in my eyes. Right. Even though none of it's justifiable, but at the time it was just like, this. like you finally found a reason to, to just, I, yes. It was it. And I just felt like, thank God, you know, like I was just like, this is it. Like he's, it's done. Like there's just no way. And I was like, I have no idea what's about to happen, but it's like, it's done. I felt so relieved. Like we were going to break up and never, ever would I have to deal with it again. And that's just so sad that you, you know, you're literally getting choked out. And the first thing you can think is you're relieved, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was an awful moment. Um, and I still felt trapped. And I think the hardest part is, you know, after he got out of town, like 
left to stay the night at a teammate's and then, and they didn't even know and um, got out of town and made up this big old lie about um, to the team saying, I think it was like something about his dad meeting him, like didn't tell anybody uh, the truth. And I didn't even tell Dustin Shannon. I was like, Oh, he's leaving. You know, just, I just didn't want to admit it yet. I had gone through a long The coaches aware of like any of this back in Shelton, Moorhead. No, not at all. Not at all. I, I mean, I I kept it for my friends. So keeping it from the coaches was very easy. And again, I didn't want to ruin his like cheer career at the time. I thought, so no, Mark had no idea. Um, and Mark was great after he left. I, I don't know if maybe he had suspicion that, like, why would someone just up and leave and break up with her girlfriend and she seems better, you know? Um, yeah. So maybe he had some suspicion because he was really great to me once he left. I, I feel like he kind of maybe knew it wasn't an easy breakup and uh, he was just really kind to me. And Krista, you know, she's my mom and she just wanted to protect me. If, if she would have known, I don't I don't know what she would have yeah. done. So, yeah, the coaches didn't know. Um and he left. He went. He went back to Texas, um, and then I just told Shannon and Dustin like what had happened was really bad to me, and I didn't want to talk about it. And I called my best friend Gina that night. She's just like my person that no judgment, no matter what, is never going to tell me like what I should have done. She she'll just listen. And I called her and I cried and I told her what happened and I said like for months like I've been dealing with this for like eight or nine months. I've just been like being spoken to like this and trapped. And I felt like I couldn't break up with him because of, you know, we were going on UCA staff together. So I couldn't break up with him. And then I was on UCA staff and I couldn't break up with him then. And I did break up with him, but he, we were still on camps together. So even though I said, I'm done, you know, he's still pushing me around. And then I got to Moorhead and I didn't want to be that girl. And I'm just breaking down her. And she's like, I love you. You know, she just like said like, I love you. And um, I told Shannon Dustin, like I said, that it was just something bad. It was really bad. And they knew like something was wrong because I, again, Dustin has seen me since I was an 11 year old girl. Like he knows I've always had a high. What was that? Like a little sister, right? Yeah. He always knew like I had a high, high spirits and I was always high energy. And he was just like, babe, something's bad. Like telling Shannon, like some, something bad happened. And we, um, Shannon was like, let's go to South Dakota. Like, let's get out of here. Let's go get on some jet skis and like get away from this. And on our 22 car, <laughs> 22 hour car ride. Um, I, I just like kind of tell them not even the whole story. I just tell them like what was happening. And Dustin was just livid, like, man, heartbroken, livid. Um, We had just like moved him out of our house. Like he was staying in the same house as us. And that, you know, I think that, you know, when you hear these stories, I only said the three times that something happened, but there was countless times and kind of going through every small situation um, very vaguely with them, but they got the point. Um, They were just so you know, there for me, upset for me, like heartbroken. And they, they were asking, probably asking, like, why didn't you tell, why yeah. tell us? Like, why, why mm-hmm. would you, why wait? Right. And yeah. What, what, what were your thoughts on that? 
Uh, cause I know, I mean, for some people that go through something like this, mm-hmm. it's hard to explain, right? It's, it's super hard to explain mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Coming right off of it too. Like it was so much harder then to explain than it is mm-hmm. right now. You know, it's been like two or three years, but, yeah. um, you know, I told them, I told them I just felt scared and trapped and prideful. I was, I was that girl who like, everything's perfect. Social media is perfect. We're perfect. I'm perfect. I'm good at cheerleading. I'm enjoying this. I moved from California and it's perfect. And I, I think that, um, and I feel like a lot of people on your podcast have this story of like, everything seems like perfection, but really I was like mm-hmm. dying inside. And I just didn't, I was, I, I could not believe that I was this girl, you know, like, how could I be that girl who's mm-hmm. like a victim? Like, I'm not a victim. And I, I wish I wouldn't have had that mentality. I think my biggest uh, thing that I would want, the reason why I'm telling this story is because I wish I could go back and tell me. And so I, I want to tell whoever is in a situation that's similar or worse um, to just like, let people love you, you know? I, I really think if I would have just let my friends in or let those people, like I said, in Moorhead, I feel like they all didn't get to know me. And I had a really rough time there for a while because I didn't want to talk to them. You know, they all liked him and they weren't going to believe me. That's all I thought. And I, I just wish that I wouldn't have written people off like that so quick to think that they wouldn't love me or they wouldn't believe me because like, at the end of the day, like the truth is the truth. And once they all started kind of finding out again, no one really knows the extent until maybe now, but no one knew just how bad it was. Of course, some people started kind of like speculate and maybe they talked to Dustin or whatever it might've been. But when people did start to find out like a year or over a year later, they were like saying what, you know, all of like what you're saying to me, what everyone would have said to me, like, I would have like, like I would have, he would not, yeah, like he's not going to be here. Like, why didn't you tell me, you know? And I, I like, I remember my friend Dalton, like there was just so many Mm -hmm. um, of these like teammates that I didn't know yet because I had been there for two weeks that would have just had my back. And I hate, I absolutely hate that I didn't just like let people in. I spent, even after he was gone, I spent that whole year on Moorhead still feeling like no one will ever know. And Mm -hmm. I just was trying to like rebuild myself. And I I still felt, you know, I was just, I was making the situation what it wasn't. And I could have just been truthful to people and just let people love me. Like whether they were strangers or my best friends or whomever, I could have just said like, it's not good. Like what he does to me is not good. And that would have been enough. And I really do believe that like I would have, there something would have been different, you know? And so I, I hope that whoever is in the situation or starts to see those red flags, like cuts it without question, first of all, but if they're there already, like just let someone love you. And, and you just don't know like how much easier it might be to get out of there, you know? Yeah. Uh, you hit it perfectly right there with that point is it's, it's hard, I guess, from, from just listening, it is hard to get out of that, uh, how can I say it? Get out of that storm, right? 
because yeah. the storm is like can be like so bad and 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 you and you might think no one's listening. And for yeah. people that are listening, you are going through something, whether it's a relationship or anything similar to this. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's like I said, it's hard to get out of that. But when you but if you trust, if you trust your friends or best friends, there's some way, somehow they're gonna come on top and and you're gonna be the one coming out top, right? Yeah, one hundred percent. I I really have like the best support system, and and I also just like I said, those strangers at Moorhead that I didn't know yet. If I would have yeah. just like just let them love me, I I would have had a much different experience. Like in general, like I just I I let that whole situation change me, and then it kept me changed even after he was gone for a mm-hmm. while, you know. But also, I can't be too hard on myself. I was rebuilding and you know, figuring out who I was again and trying to be a cheerleader and work and go to school on top of all of it. So, um, yeah, I just, I'm glad that that phase of my life is, is very much, you know, gone. It's behind me and it's been a long time. Um, yeah. And if someone here is going, like I said, someone you're listening, going through this and then you need someone, you don't have any friends, let your boy know. Yeah. Let your boy know, Tony, I'll box a living out of whoever this guy or, yeah, this guy, all right? What's good, guy? You trying yeah. to go all 12 <laughs> rounds? Let's go, all right? I, I might not be good, but I'll I'll fight for my spill the cheer fans. I'll listen I to them. I feel the same. I'll support you guys. And no, I'm being, I'm being, I'm being serious. Uh, if you're going through something, uh, don't be afraid. You know, reach out to someone. Reach out to the close people. And if you don't have any of that, people that are close the moment just reach out to anyone i mean hey spirit yeah. cheer fans we're the biggest uh we're the biggest number one people here and biggest number one people in the world i guess i don't know ashley this is a incredible story you are now obviously this happened two three years later but this is a lesson this is a story that people need to understand and like say hey you ain't the only one chica yeah <laughs> there's other people out there no yeah there's, there's someone in your corner and you, you need to rely on those people. But Ashley, now you are doing phenomenal. You are in Arizona, literally your best friends from Moorhead. Yeah. And on top of that, I mean, you have, I mean, you've been sharing this on your, you've been sharing this on your Instagram, you know, you, you know, you have, you have a boyfriend that's, you know, that's taking yeah. care of you. That is, <laughs> that is amazing to see that amazing to see that. Um, Thank you so much. I'm so glad that we did this. I feel like I used to tremble telling the story and the fact that I could even like get through it just like goes show like time heals all and you just got to like time God's heals? time heals all and God's in your corner and like that's great yeah. someone's in your corner like no matter what someone's in your corner the people that I thought would not be there um like I said like those those people that started as strangers like ended up being like the people that would go to bat for me and I I just yeah. I I would love to encourage anyone like I'm in your corner. Someone's in your corner. Go find that friend that's in your corner or that stranger and make them your friend. Um, but if you need to talk to me, like hit, hit me in the DMS. I'm hey, here. I'm your Come hype woman. I don't care. You on social media. <laughs> At Ashley Aquilina. It's a hard last name to spell, but 
You got it. Aquilina, Aquilina, <laughs> Aquilina. There we go. Say it 10 times. You'll probably get it right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Hey, guys. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, make sure you hit up Ashley with any other questions about relationships. Or actually, don't ask me because I'm single. So. No. <laughs> so yeah. All right. I'll talk to you guys. I'll talk to you guys. Yeah, coming very soon. Uh hopefully. All right, guys. I'll talk to you guys very soon. Uh yeah, this was your host, Tony Guerra. And yeah, I'll talk to you guys soon. Peace. Bye. Peace.